0: No one likes unexpected medical emergencies, but MedExpress makes me feel at ease when they happen. What we do is much more than urgent care. At MedExpress, we call it urgent caring. Real patient testimonials portrayed by actors. Hey, Heat Nation. Welcome back to Heaters Gonna Heat. As always, this is Jorge Cantu, and joining me today is uh, one of our Heaters Gonna Heat co-hosts,
1: Kyle Russell. Kyle, how are you feeling today? Feeling pretty good, even with the loss yesterday. I mean, it was a good weekend for Heat Basketball. I I definitely agree,
0: 100%. And, uh, well, this episode, we'll, we're going to be talking about our upcoming back-to-back games with the Atlanta Hawks. Pretty interesting because our first game, which is, um, well, we're recording this on Monday night, so first game is Tuesday at home, second game is Thursday at Atlanta, so it's going to be a very interesting pair of games especially considering how well the hawks have played during their well they're still facing philly right now we don't know the result but uh, the, if the if the if their previous two games are any indication then this is a team we should really
1: you know not take lightly yeah so looking back last year like with and we looked over this again with the division previews that we did uh the hawks were just the kryptonite to us last year they ended up beating us in the series three to one so for miami personally i I don't think we'll be overlooking them um but yeah to your point they've been looking really good in their first two games and they're looking like they could be a playoff team this year so you gotta give them that respect what do you think boy talk about trey young this guy has just
0: been on a tear during the first uh, two games of course right now they're still playing philly so we don't know uh, quite the result But uh, during the Hawks' first two games, Trey Young has averaged 38.5 points, shooting 55% from three, around 58% from the field, adding nine assists. So this guy has just been all all around crazy. And it's going to be interesting to see how he matches up against the Heat in uh, these couple of outings. So why don't we get into the back-to-back games preview right now?
1: Yeah, sure. Just throwing, throwing real quick. Um, Trey Young did make Eastern Conference Player of the Week last week, in large part because of his ridiculousness on the court.
0: <laughs> we're we're going to have a keep a big eye on him. So before we start today's uh, preview. Quick reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at Heaters Heating, where, of course, we will be posting all of our new podcast episodes. And as for the platforms in which you can find our episodes, you can check us out on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, otgbasketball.com, and more. So now let's get right into it. Miami, they're coming off of back-to-back on Saturday and Sunday. Saturday evening, we beat the Milwaukee Bucks on overtime. uh, Yeah, it was a Milwaukee and it was a tough game. I thought Miami was about to let this game go uh, when Giannis forced uh, the overtime with that late game tip, buzzer beating tip. But we managed to get all the way through. Then we had to travel to Minnesota that same night, play the Wolves in what was um, another very close game that we eventually ended up losing. For whatever reason Andrew Wiggins, you Kyle should we add him to the list of random people who go crazy on Miami?
1: Uh, no, only because he did that in one quarter. Normally it somebody kills us throughout the game. That was that felt more like Andrew Wiggins just being like, "Oh, maybe I should live up to my contract for a quarter." <laughs> right and I I don't know, it was
0: just it was such a random outburst which I don't think nobody expects at this stage of Wiggins' career, and with how much uh, shade he's been getting, rightfully so. Uh, but uh, yeah, we were we had some very tired legs after playing um, the Eastern Conference fa- the Eastern Conference favorite, and oh, plus the overtime. So I think we did as good of a job as as, as we could have in 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 Minnesota. Uh, we're back into our house t- tomorrow night on Tuesday ready for the Hawks, and um, I think that he should be a little bit more rested and ready to go against Atlanta, who actually is on a back-to-back. They're playing Philly right now, and they're going to have to travel uh, to South Beach to face us tomorrow.
1: You know who else is going to be back tomorrow? Mr. Jimmy Buckets. Ooh. That, yes. this, this is actually going to be his regular season
0: debut, so it's a return from what we saw in the preseason, but this is the first game for Jimmy Butler. I mean, the first regular season game for Jimmy Butler in a Heat u- uniform. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about w- what we can expect from him uh, in in a little bit. But man, the Hawks are—they have just been hot. Two and and0 thus far. They beat the Magic and they beat the Pistons in their in their uh, season opener game. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and then currently, I'm lo- I gotta keep looking up at the score. They're up um, on the 76ers, 98 to 90, with about five minutes left.
0: Okay, so, so there you got to take them seriously. Yeah, the, there's a chance they're going to be coming into our house undefeated. So, yeah, as we said, it's just a matter of taking them seriously. We saw what happened last season when we took them lightly. Even the last game, we, we were about to uh, be swept by them in the season series, but I'm pretty sure we won like by a, a point or two in that exactly. last game. It was Dwayne Wade who saved us. I perfectly almost perfectly have that image still in my head. but uh, I mean this is a new season, new team. Uh, they' well the, the Hawks are have, have a mo- mostly uh, some continuity. it's um, it's mostly the the heat who have a kind of like a well pretty different roster and it's going to be interesting how both teams match up. So as for the keys for the Miami Heat in this uh, in, in in these pair of games against the Hawks, The I think the most important one and the the one that the you know, our players need to have like literally whatever tattooed on their foreheads or something is (laughs) stopping Trey Young. That that has to be like the number one priority as we as we face the Hawks in, in, in these next two games.
1: Yeah, but that's kinda easier said than done, especially the way that he's been shooting. So what what are you thinking towards that? Do you think like Do we put Wenzel on him, Butler on him? Do we just try to do team uh, defense by committee with everybody? What do you think the game plan is? I mean, I think for a fact we have have quite some personnel, quite some defensive
0: personnel we can throw at him. Because as I was telling you just before we started recording this episode, it's not the same shooting threes against DJ Augustine or against Reggie Jackson or Derrick Rose. Than doing it against uh, six foot five Justice Winslow or six foot uh, six Jimmy Butler. That Mm -hmm. is, I'm pretty sure. So I I think the two primary options to have over, I mean, excuse me, to have on Trey Young is either Justice or or Jimmy. Even if Kendrick Nunn gets switched onto him, he's been doing a pretty good job, especially on pick and rolls. He has this interesting way of jumping over picks, which uh, should work pretty pretty well against a three point shooting. A guy like Trey Young, but yeah, I think that just the the main two guys should be should be Butler and uh, Winslow. I don't. I wouldn't find it weird if if uh, Coach Spoh sends uh, Justice to to take most of the defensive responsibilities with uh, with Trey, so Jimmy doesn't have to get burned out because Young does uh, run quite a lot around the court, especially when he doesn't have the ball. So I think I think the most likely de- defensive. Um, Target. We're going to send his way is justice, but as we said, we have a pretty strong backcourt all the way to the uh, to the three spots. So I'm not as worried as as uh, the previous team who uh, the previous teams who faced them uh, should be.
1: Yeah, and then with that, uh, one of the one of our biggest advantages is even if he tries to get into pick and rolls, Bam Adebayo can switch on to him and, and pr- defend him out of the perimeter as well. So yeah, we we can throw multiple people at Trey Young and just Bother him because he, he has been a little turnover prone, as you pointed out before the show. Uh, where's he at right now? Yeah, he's averaging uh, 5.5 turnovers per game. So if we can try to to emphasize that, like keep somebody like Justice on him and then have some of the other players like Jimmy or Kendrick Nunn try to pick those passing lanes, then I think we can capitalize it on him and start to take him out of that game.
0: Exactly. You made a great point about Bam in which Bam is currently... Well, I'm pretty sure he's suited to defend just about anyone. We saw the great job he did on Stephen Curry in a couple of switches in in one of our games against the Warriors last year. So if he can handle and contain that guy, I'm pretty sure he can hold his own against Trey. And as you mentioned, Mr. Young, quite turnover prone. Average 5.5 through his first two games. He's up to 7 right now against the Sixers. So, I mean, as long as we can keep uh, forcing all of these turnovers that uh, these teams have been able to. And I'm pretty sure not, not all of them have been forced. I mean, Young, uh, with, with uh, how many assists he's dishing out, uh, he averaged nine throughout the first two games, and he's up to um, nine as well uh, uh, thus far in the Sixers game. Uh, so Some of these uh, turnovers should be just bad passes and, and such. It's just making sure we have the passing lanes covered so we can keep forcing... Uh, the the mistakes and get him off his rhythm cuz i think that's one of the best uh, chances we have at kind of maybe not get him frustrated
1: but try to throw him a little bit off his game you know? exactly yeah cuz sometimes with those with those kind of shooters you just kind of have to find a way to to get into their head mentally and then that's what can cuz when you shoot especially from three point range and beyond the tiniest little mental error you know you shrug the shoulders up a little bit more or something like that is what's going to make that shot go off instead. So, yeah, everything you can to bother him. I mean, we've seen that over and over with Curry in the playoffs. You just got to find a way to bother him, and then it it takes him just that little notch down, so then uh, the shot just falls off, and then you, yay, rebound, and then you're pushing in transition, and so on and so forth. Yeah, it gets in their head, and, and and I agree
0: 100% with with what you said there. The the mental aspect with with these long range shooters is so underrated. I mean, the uh, it's not the same shooting with confidence. You know, when you've made when you've already made a couple of threes and you're making some nice plays too, compared to when you've missed your first uh, three or four attempts from long range and you have a couple of turnovers. I mean, it gets on your head, and it happens. I mean. I as a player have experienced it. Not that I play at the NBA level or near that, of course, but it does get in your head. Uh, so I mean, that's what we, that's what we have to try and do. Just get into uh, Trey Young's uh, head. And you mentioned the the possibility of Bam switching onto him, which is something that we will get to see a handful of times. Considering, uh, well, I expect Bam Adebayo to be uh, trying to uh, contain John Collins. So you know the Hawks like these um uh, Trey Young, John Collins pick and rolls. Mm-hmm. So I would expect to see bam on on, on Trey in 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 quite a couple of switch possessions. But speaking a little bit about uh, more about Collins. We know he can kind of shoot the three, he can grab boards and the inside he can get the job done. So he's a uh, he's he's been a quite um quite nice and interesting improving player for the Hawks entering his uh, third season in the league I'm pretty sure. So I mean I guess uh, you have to send Bam Adebayo with uh, John Collins and uh, well Myers Leonard or Kelly whoever's starting on Alex Land. I'm pretty sure is their starting their other starting big and mm-hmm. I think our chances are pretty pretty solid uh,
1: as well in the pick and roll game and overall. No, I agree with you on the Collins because another part of that is not not just you know trying to short circuit the pick and roll. Um, but also trying to keep Collins off the boards because Bam's are really good, really good at boxing out. So Collins mm-hmm. has averaged uh, 11 rebounds in the first two games. So if Bam can box him out, especially if keeping him off the offensive glass, where he's averaged 2.5 in the first two games. Uh, that can also help, you know, uh, just help out the Heat in terms of just ending possessions and or even getting some offense, some additional offensive possessions as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, John Collins has been by far their best rebounder. I mean, the second, their second leading rebounder is Trey Young at seven per game. <laughs> I mean, Trey Young is not going to grab seven boards against the Miami Heat. I'm, I'm sure about that. And then you have Alex Len with five, Cam Reddish with five. So it's not like, um, you know, the rebounding duties have been distributed that evenly thus far. So I agree 100%. As long as we can keep Collins off the board. And, and you mentioned that offensive, the offensive glass, the offensive glass aspect, which I think got us in trouble in our first game against the Grizzlies. We gave up so many offensive boards. And that's why the that's one of the reasons why the game was so close uh, through three quarters. So, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious. In- here, just stopping the, the the two best guys, which is uh, Trey and, and, and John Collins, of course. That's speaking about the Hawks. Now, speaking a little bit about the keys for the Heat, as in, you know, ourselves. I think one of the mm-hmm. biggest keys when speaking about Miami is we need to make sure we start off uh, strong and we start off hard on the offensive end. Because if you start off slow and these Hawks get get a, you know confident and get going early on, it's going to be a long night for us with the way they're able to light it up offensively.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, one thing I, I will say, though, is that in the worst-case scenario that that doesn't happen, Miami has definitely shown over its first few games, even even without Butler, which has been just like the best part of this, that they will fight till the end, no matter what. I mean, the Grizzlies it was back and forth all the way to the fourth quarter, then we blew them out. The Milwaukee Bucks, I mean, they buried us under a Barrage of threes in the first half Heat team didn't care They went into the second half and stomped them um, Same with Minnesota Like really really strong First quarter from Minnesota We fight back in the second take the lead in the third And then we just you know Andrew Wiggins goes off in the fourth unfortunately <laughs> So even even if Like yes ideally you always want to get out To a big lead but even if We do not um, I think we can confidently say that this Heat team will, you know, dig in its heels and fight its way out of it and that they're capable of it too. No, that's a great point right there because this was one of our biggest concerns
0: last year. I mean, we, we pretty much saw a 10, 12-point deficit and that would be game for us. Or even if we try to come back, we just, you know, we just didn't have the edge to do it. We just weren't able to complete most of our comebacks. And then in those late-game situations, it seems that like we just, uh, we were just too shy for the big moments. I mean, when you talk about Jay Rich and justice sometimes and even mm-hmm. a, a poor old Dwayne Wade not capitalizing on those moments. Uh that's over. And 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 as you said, that's over without Jimmy Butler. Now that we have this guy on the team, which is for sure one of the best closers there there is in the NBA, then those concerns are, you know, pretty calm. Much calmer now. In, in, in that sense, but something I re- really liked about Miami thus far after three games, we're shooting 38.8 percent from three, which is one of the positives we talked about in, uh, you know, in the very uh, last episode before the regular season started. It's just how different this team's the, the, this Heat team looks when you uh, talk about roster and 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 so forth, though, from, you know, from the perimeter starting, of course, with Tyler Hero, then adding another big uh, big man shooter in Myers Leonard. And thus far, we've been able to light it up from deep. This uh, 38.8% mark from three has been good for seventh in the league before today's games. That is going to change quite a lot after, after you know, today's games. But uh, Miami has found some rhythm from behind the arc, and we can only hope that they continue to do that against a team that likes to shoot it from behind. Especially with a guy like Trey Young in the lineup.
1: Yeah, well, I'm I'm looking down at the individuals for the Heat as well. And some of the, for me, the one of the names that you didn't mention that um, has personally been surprising me a lot has been Kendrick Nunn. He's been shooting 42% on three, on 6.3 attempts per game. So that's some, wow. yeah, it's pretty steady volume. Um, I mean, yeah, even, and also Duncan Robinson, he's shooting 47% on 5.7 attempts. And he's been he's been kind of showing me up. Um, I used to not be a big fan of Robinson. The, the few games I saw him play last year, he looked like a bricklaying machine. Um, <laughs> but he's been showing me up. He's been superb. And he was one of the big contributors in the Minnesota game yesterday. So we have some people that are putting in the volume and shooting really well, uh, which is great because a lot of these players that we have can be put around Jimmy Butler, and then it's just even better. Exactly. Kyle,
0: Quick question. By any chance, do you have Myers Leonard and uh, Kelly Olenek's three-point
1: shooting stats right there at hand? Yes. So Myers Leonard is shooting 60%, but only on 1.7 attempts per game, okay. whereas Kelly is shooting 38.5% on 4.3 attempts per game. Wow.
0: That's still pretty yeah. good. That's still pretty good. I, Oddly I, enough,
1: the worst one right now is actually Tyler Hero, 26.7% wow. on five attempts per game.
0: OK, that's still quite a, you know, huge volume, volume, especially for a rookie. <laughs> but I mean, when you have so many good shooters around Jimmy, you can I mean, you can only expect that to continue, which leads us to our next point And our final key for the Miami Heat, which is plain and simple, feeding Jimmy Butler. I mean, this doesn't mean giving him the ball in every possession. We can have uh, Justice and Kendrick Nunn uh, ball handle and then have Jimmy, you know, play off the ball. If needed. But also Mm -hmm. in the fourth quarter, if things get tight, that's when the ball is all Jimmy. And everyone else get out of the way. (laughs) Plain and simple. Yeah. Well, no, not get out of the way. Space the floor. Well, right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Which is why it is so important to have uh, these many uh, good three-point shooters around him. Because instead of having Joel Embiid, who was quite a... I mean... I, I don't want to call him poor, but below average three-point shooter and having Ben Simmons, it's going to be a huge difference when you have guys like Myers Leonard, Kelly Olynyk, Tyler Hero. Even when he's not shooting that great of a percentage, everyone knows he's still probably the biggest threat. And adding Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson, whoever we decide to surround uh, to surround. Uh, Butler, in, in, in these late-game situations, it's going to be dangerous for, for the Hawks if they if one of the defenders of the three-point shooters decides to collapse in the interior.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and in my, um, so my vision for, for Butler, and I think we saw this in a bit of the preseason, is to be more of like a facilitator, maybe like a secondary scorer of sorts uh, throughout most of the game. You know, if if we get into a rut where we really need a bucket, obviously we would turn to Butler then to to kind of get a bucket and help get us back on track. But really my vision would be to try to have him kind of coast, conserve energy, so then in the fourth quarter we just lay down haymakers and finish finish this game off. Um, yeah, I think that would be best for his legs, too.
0: Yeah, for and, sure. We want to keep him as fresh as possible for the playoffs when it really does matter.
1: Well, yeah, just throughout – exactly. Throughout the course of the game and then throughout the course of the season leading into the playoffs. It's – I mean – yeah, Jimmy's a Jimmy's a workhorse. He'll put it in, but conversely, we also have to recognize that he is thirty years old, and we want him peaking, playoff time, not right now.
0: Oh, and this guy has played a bunch of well, most of his career under Tom Thibodeau, who, who is known to be one of the, <laughs> you know, one of the coaches who just wears out his starters. So we don't want him, you know, in such a tough workload and spoke I'm, I'm pretty confident in Spo because he, he has done a great job with his stars throughout the years in Miami of I guess managing the mm-hmm. the loads <laughs> to call it some way but uh, I, I don't know maybe the the cocky hit heat fan inside me is just wants to come <laughs> out but how good does it feel knowing that whenever we're struggling we have a guy who we can just give the ball to and we know that he's going to get the job done uh, most of the time,
1: it reminds me of the good old days of Joanne Wade. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so yeah, Definitely.
1: we we're very familiar with having a guy that you can go to. It's just you know we haven't had that for a few for like a year or two. I mean Wade would do it in flashes, but now we're right back to that that good. It's like a warm, cozy feeling. It's comfortable. It's familiar.
0: Hundred percent, and um, that's why I guess we can just go ahead and. Uh, throw it out there. Both of these games should be,
1: I don't want to say easy, but uh, statement wins for the heat. I I agree. I don't think we're going to like maybe one game, like the game tomorrow night, we can blow them out, but I don't expect to blow out both games. I still do expect to win both games. And and maybe it'd be kind of nice. We would actually get to see Jimmy Butler closing a game out for us. I mean, if, if we get to that
0: point, at least we have, you know, we have uh, a closer on our side, which is much different to last year. And right now, quickly looking at the score for the mm-hmm. Hawks-Sixers game, the Hawks are, are actually now down three with nine seconds left to Philly. So it's possible that that uh, Atlanta loses their first game of the season right now, which would be, I mean, they, they do have to travel from Philly to Miami tonight. No, no,
1: they're at Atlanta. And if it's after a loss... Oh, are they at Atlanta right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Atlanta's hosting tonight, so it's not as bad of a flight. <laughs> my bad.
0: But, I mean, that, that that's still an overnight flight, mm-hmm. which, uh, well, hopefully that works a little bit to our favor. Add in the fact that this looks like a possible loss. I don't really know who has the ball or anything, and I don't want to open the, the League Pass feed in my phone right now so it doesn't mess with the podcast audio. <laughs> but, um... But yeah, let's see how how we get these uh, these Hawks tomorrow. As we said, both of them should be wins, especially with uh, now that we are adding Jimmy Butler back into the lineup. Not just love what I've seen from Miami all around thus far. I don't think there's—I mean, other than the turnovers, I don't think there's one particular thing we can bash on on our team that we can say like, you know, what this actually sucks. As I said, other than the turnovers, because the turnovers thus far really actually suck. Let me see if I can find the, the you know, the market for I feel like they're
1: they should be at 18 per game or something. I, I don't know if it's that high, but, Uh-oh. but uh- sorry, real quick. Um, Atlanta just tied it up with seven seconds left. It goes what? to 76ers for the final possession. Who made the three? Uh, no, so um, Trey Young shot a free throw. He missed the second free throw. Um, I don't know who got it. just says John Collins makes two-point put-back layup. So, 103, oh, so he 103. Probably just Yeah, so he probably... Collins just tipped it over whoever and beat her, Tobias Harris. Oh, well, yeah. John Collins' offensive rebound. Yeah, mm-hmm. see, with Bam, that's not going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> right. It shouldn't, in theory. It shouldn't. Look at this ridiculous thing.
0: 20.7 turnovers per game throughout three games. And... So I, I was actually quite generous when I said 18. Damn, this makes me... This makes me... <laughs> this makes me angry. Cause 27th in the league. 27th. And uh, when, when we saw how big of an issue turnovers were last season, I'm actually quite surprised that we haven't caught all three losses thus far. I mean, we were almost going to win in Memphis, it seemed like, after three quarters... And in, in Milwaukee, it was almost a case if, if, if we had let them come back. But how are we – this needs to be fixed ASAP. How are we going to – have like, there's just no way we, we can uh, sustain a, a, you know, playoff type of offense with 21 turnovers per game. Yeah, and, well,
1: uh, that's why I hope that, like, Jimmy Butler can come in and just help with some of the ball security. Also, uh, well –
0: Oh, sorry, I, I agree in, in in that part. I'm also looking here at the stats of basketball ref. 28.7 fouls per game, which is also kind of ugly. Mm, adding in some more stats, we're fourth in blocks at 6.7. I, I uh, saw the stat sheet last night and was actually quite surprised mm-hmm. because we got nine blocks on the Wolves and they got only one on us. So that helped us
1: pad the stats here a little bit. Our free throw shooting has gotten a little better from last year, but we were dead last last year, so it's not saying much. We're yeah. at league rank 20th right now. And we were so. at 60. Was that 68% last
0: year, something like that? Yeah. Right now we're bad. up to 73. So, I mean, we would definitely
1: like to see, uh, uh, you know, more improvement. But
0: hey, and that's right. back
1: on. That one's primarily, unfortunately, on Justice. Uh, he's shooting 58.8% at the line right now. Oh no, the Hassan Whiteside effect. <laughs> where he I mean, just yeah. had a where, he just, where goes, he just randomly regressed. It just goes with what I said. Like he's he's made such good strides as a shooter. He just hasn't it hasn't translated to the line for some reason. It's weird because
0: we, and and we spoke about this uh as we await uh, wait for the Hawks game to finish. We spoke Final about this-
1: 105, 103, Atlanta loses. Atlanta
0: loses? Yup. Damn, I just saw it, too. Okay, so seems like we have kind of like a psychological edge in here. But to close out on the point that I was saying about Justice, it's Mm -hmm. weird because you usually see three-point shooting and free-throw shooting on correlation, and that really hasn't been the case. Uh, And, I mean, Justice hasn't started, uh, you know, as hard as a three-point shooter as he ended last season. But I did expect a slight increase in free throw percentage which once again hasn't been the case thus far but I mean we'll see how he does tomorrow against the, the Hawks and now that the results are in we're going to get a Hawks team that just lost a close game that it has to flight overnight and that is on the well of course the second night of a back to back should kind of like ease the burden for for the heat and, and now with Jimmy man I'm just so excited can't wait for, for the game tomorrow and we'll see how it goes we'll be back on uh, Saturday I expect with um, kind of like the um, look back at these two games and uh, uh, also a look at our meeting against the Rockets on November the 3rd, which is Sunday. So our next episode on Saturday, we'll cover what happened in these two games against the Hawks. And well, a quick uh, quick preview of what should be a quite interesting game against James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Clint Capella and company uh, mm-hmm. over at. Uh, no, excuse me. We're hosting. We're, we're hosting against the Rockets. Anything else you would like to add as uh, for today's preview against the Hawks, Kyle? Go Heat, go! Ah. <laughs> it's hard to contain the excitement, for sure. And um, well, before we get out of here, Kyle, would you like to remind everyone
1: where we can find your social media, please? Sure, you can find me on Twitter at KBR Heat Nation, and then you can catch everything I'm writing either at OTG Basketball or Last Word on Pro Basketball. And you can find me on Twitter at A N
0: that is C-A-N-T-U-N-B-A. You can catch me also uh, on quite some Twitter discussions every now and then if things get a bit uh, heated, no pun intended. And uh, once again, <laughs> quick reminder, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Heater's Heating. We're posting episodes, some uh, heat news and whatnot. And also, before we go, quick shout-out and huge shout-out to the OTGBasketball.com team and the otgbasketball.com podcast network we keep banging out quality content definitely make sure to check out um you know whether whether that be the written content while, while you're waiting for the bus or, or whatever or you whether that be an audio form while, while you're riding uh, on, on your way to the job there's uh, we're putting out so so much quality content that you cannot miss and um yeah big shout out to all of the team shout out also to the brooklyn bus because the Nets, even though the Nets haven't started out as um, well, as I, I, at least as I expected, they're still going strong. And a big shout-out to Nick, Jack, and also the NBA outlet. Shout-out to everyone at OTG Basketball. Sending love to to the boys. So with everything out of the way, uh, anything else we're missing, Kyle? We good, right? Not we're all good. Let's go get these wins. Let's get both of them. And hopefully we can finish out our week right before the Rockets at four and one. So with anything, with everything out of the way, once again, thank you for listening and we'll talk pretty soon. Thank you. You have a good one.